How old were you when you moved to LA? 27. Did you know anyone here? I did. I knew one person, uh, a friend of mine from growing up lived down lived out here and was going to school. How much money did you have? I had I think I had $600 and and then my parents lent me three or four. I think I I, I think I topped 1000 because they lent me some, but that was yeah. That was it. Where did you live when you first got to LA? I lived in Venice on Rose um, in a little apartment right on in the alleyway um, between Ocean and the, the beach. And what was your first job in LA? First job was uh, craft service. Uh-huh. Yeah. And what was your first impression of LA? Oh, wow. Um, I, I, I was, it was confusing. How many years did it take you to get your first job in the industry? It was within the first year I had some success. How many years did it take you of living in L.A. until you felt like you knew what you were doing and you felt like a professional? Professional. Don't, I'm not there yet. <laughs> so that's, it's, that's pending. You'll yeah. let us know. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it posted. <laughs> If you had to sum LA up in one word, what would it be? Mm, Fickle. Everybody. So we are so excited today because we are talking to Steve Sessions, who is a writer here in Hollywood, um, has been a writer here in Hollywood for the last 20 years or so. Steve writes on the show Still the King, starring Billy Ray Cyrus. And Steve is co-creator of a new pilot called His Wives and Daughters, starring Jane Seymour for CMT. And we're so excited to have you, Hi. Steve. Thank Welcome. you so much for being with us today. Excited, yeah. yeah, us too. So, you know, Steve, part of why I was so um, excited to talk to you today is because Steve just created and sold this pilot. Mm-hmm. And I know when I first came to L.A. many, many years ago, the whole sort of pilot, you know, world was confusing to me and everybody was talking about pilot season and I didn't really know what they were talking about. And I, I knew it was important and that I should somehow find a way to be part of this but um so I'd love to talk about that just since you've just been through the whole p- process of you know selling and yeah. and creating and so if we could maybe just start by asking you sort of how that all began like did you sure. write the pilot and then sell it to the network or did you pitch it or we basically um and when I say we my writing partner on this project um Dina Chapman and I were writing for Still the King and during hiatus, we sort of heard through the grapevine that they were looking to buy new projects. And we knew we had, you know, people in the, the execs that we knew and, and supposedly liked our writing. So um, <laughs> Dina had a, an idea for this, what ultimately became His Wives and Daughters, although it was set in, in Hollywood and, and it was... It was basically about this legendary actor mm-hmm. and he sort of dies and leaves in his wake all these wives and daughters that are battling over his estate. 
except we, you know, that would have been something we would have taken them, except we knew they sort of wanted to remain in the country music area. Mm-hmm. So um, Dina asked me if I would be interested in taking a look at that, and, and I did, and it was fairly fleshed out, but um, I thought maybe if we set it in Branson, Missouri, which we hadn't seen because it's a very strange place <laughs> it's sort of like it's sort of, sort of like vegas if vegas was a cruise okay oh and just, <laughs> that, sounds, that is a good description yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's it's a place where barry williams for instance uh, uh-huh. greg brady uh-huh. has his own show or yakov smirnoff is the biggest show in town oh my um, God. but they they have something like 45 different theaters and they do I I don't want to say the number but an insane amount of tourism every year people flock there from all over and uh, mostly older people but we thought it would be an interesting space to set a uh, a show and so we made it a country star so the the central character was this legendary country star sort of modeled him after um, Chris Christopherson and Waylon Jennings, sort of the outlaw country guy. And, um, and it involves now all of his wives and daughters who are, are battling over his estate. So he dies at the top of the show, right? He dies. And not, then everybody yeah, comes this is to big collect. spoiler alert, but yeah. he dies at oh, the end sorry. of... Oh, sorry. It's okay. No. Not, is that... No, no, okay. that's, that's fine. <laughs> okay. he, um, he dies at the end of act one. Mm-hmm. And then he remains, he'll remain in the show mm-hmm. um, as sort of a narrator. Um, and we're going to utilize a lot of flashbacks and found footage, mm-hmm. um, you know, from his shows in the 70s. And that's going to be awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, um, wow. so yeah, we went in and pitched it. Uh, so it wasn't written yet. You just pitched the written, idea. No. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we had sort of a, broad outline of mm-hmm. um where the what the pilot would be and some ideas of where we could maybe take the first season um but what we did is we ended up uh going in and we created this sort of multimedia kind of pitch which i guess people are doing more and more now what do you mean by um, that well we 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 used photographs so for instance as we're walking the execs through the story were popping up pictures of we were saying, okay, for instance, it's going to be set in Branson, Missouri. And then there would be shots of Branson, Missouri uh. coming up on a screen. And we, it, it involves a, a legendary country star. And then you, you can see Jeff Bridges or Chris Christopherson. So, and visually we can sort of walk them through. Yeah. Do you find that that makes so it easier I, for people to picture what you guys are seeing? And I thought writing? it was very, um, it was a very good tool to have, especially in this case because there are eight leads. Yeah. Uh, and to try to keep track of who's whose mother and who's whose daughter, it was it was right. almost impossible. So they could easily just glance over at a, the computer screen and see, oh, okay. She's her, and that's she's related to her by this marriage, and yeah, that would um, make sense to me too because you guys are living with these characters in a way that everyone else is not living yeah, with them. So it's exactly. very new to them when you're bringing it to the table for the first time, right? Yeah, and still, you know, it it is confusing because you're saying these character names. They don't, you know, their mind might be 
thinking about the budget yeah. something. So you, I, I think the more you can keep them focused on these characters and how the story is going to unfold, at least through the pilot, the better off you are. And it seemed to work really well. Yeah. Um, and they, uh, we got a call on the way home from the pitch that they wanted to buy it. Oh, so, oh that's so good. Yeah. I love that. I have yeah, a so quick question about yeah. when you were saying uh, that it, that you knew that they were looking for something country, kind of. How did you know that? Was that, you know? Well, we knew they were getting into scripted television and they didn't have any product. Okay. So they had this, they had this show, Still the King, that uh, we were writing on. Mm-hmm. And we knew that they were starting developing things and they were looking and they were, you know, so... And then that was kind of the genre that they that had in was, their head. Yes, they, they like something that is, uh, we kind of knew that they wanted a big kind of soapy Dallas dynasty kind of thing, but more comedic that was just set in the country world that you could, you could, you know, you could include music in it and, and, you know, affairs and things like that. So we sort of All tailor made stuff. it, yeah, yeah. We sort of tailor made it to that. It's it's sort of a the easiest way to explain it is, it's a um, it's a more comedic version of Desperate Housewives. Oh wow! And set in this very strange world. So when you're writing it, you're thinking you have the the idea, but you're mm-hmm. also on kind of the the more business side of it in mm-hmm. terms of what you're pitching and how to pitch it. Yeah. Knowing that this is also something they're looking for, and you've got to kind of push it in in that way. Yeah, we were really trying to hit all of the markers that we thought they would respond to, and that you know it had to do from who we saw in certain roles down to the you know the span of the the age range of the actors in the in the show that we knew they could attract a really large demographic of people because, you know, Jane Seymour's are, she's sort of the matriarch of the family. And then it goes all the way down to this kid, Tyler Hilton, who is a kind of a up and coming pop star. And um, I don't know anything about all the Twitter stuff. I mean, I, I know what Twitter is. <laughs> oh, Twitter. He's, the Twitter he's, stuff. Uh, he is, <laughs> uh, he's very popular. And so... Under. That sort of thing appeals to them. You know, he's got 17 billion followers or something <laughs> like that. Give or take a billion. Um, so, yeah. Speaking of the actors and who was cast, you know, you hear so much, we hear so much as actors about, you know, oh, they only want names and they mm-hmm. only, you know. So how how true is that when casting a pilot? Like, did the, did the did CMT you know, really push that on you? Like, it's got to be people. And how how much, I guess also I'd love to know, like, was it, you know, did you have control versus, mm-hmm. the, did, do they have to approve everybody? And is, is the name thing a big deal? The name thing was a big deal in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, in that if we were to get one name, and they threw out a couple names. They said, for instance, if you can get uh, Reva McIntyre mm-hmm. or, I don't know, Pick two other actresses. Dolly Parton. Yeah, Country singers. Exactly. Yeah. Dolly Parton was mm-hmm. in fact was one of them. In, yeah. yeah. Um, that's enough to then, they can carry that series on their shoulders because they're that well known. So, because they're um, bringing a following. They're bringing a following, and, and you know, they, yeah, they've, they have a name. And um, 
with our casting though, it was we sort of went out to who we wanted first, and they ended up. CMT was great about it. We didn't. We did run everything by them, and we sort of agreed on everything all the way. It was. I wish there was some more stories about battling. No, that's on this, nice to hear. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, they were. They were very good. And um, so, were you fact, guys always both in the room, like you and? Somebody and, from CMT when somebody would come in and audition, or that's just for the test, I would imagine. Oh, for the auditions? Yeah. Yeah, we, well, we were actually in Nashville when we started the whole process of um, of casting. So we hired our casting directors out here, and then they would just send us, you know, uh, postings of these different actors every day. And we would, we would just kind of sift through them and, and, you know, thin out the herd. Um, and then once we wrapped in Nashville, we came out here and started, um, you know, we called people in. And so at that point it was, it was us, um, and the director, we had the director attached at that point. Wait, you were in Nashville working on Still the King. Yeah. Okay. So, but they were, they were prepping here. They Uh were in pre-production. So they were sending you pictures so that when you got here and what made you like, so were you looking at actors reels or just pictures? What were you sifting through? We were both. Yeah. Yeah. We were, a lot of people put themselves on tape. A lot of, you know, we would get submissions, just headshots, and we would look at those. Um, For the sort of the bigger roles, we were, some of them were just offer only. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we would do that. But um, yeah, a lot of it was just sifting through a lot of audition tapes. And, um, you know, now they, obviously there's, they send you links of other things they've done so you can get a quick read on their, you know, their style. So yeah, it was interesting. Did actors surprise you? Were there, you know, did you have an idea of your head in your head of kind Mm -hmm. of what you're looking for? And then, you know, how outside of the box were you going with that? And then who surprised you and why? Yeah. I, the most interesting thing to me through this whole process was how how different it ended up being than what I had pictured. So I had, for instance, if there was a character that, you know, we thought was going to be early fifties and sort of a blonde bombshell. And then we would see other sort of people reading for this and, and then it would spark new ideas. Interesting. Yeah. So it, and almost everyone, I will say almost everyone we went with, came in and did something entirely different. Wow. So it was, and it made me realize that, um, that everybody's out for the same thing. Everybody wants success. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine, I've never acted, but I would imagine when you walk in a room, one of the things you might feel is, okay, these people are judging me. Mm-hmm. And, sure. Right. Um, I think but, that is a huge thing right. that many actors feel. <laughs> I, the, I can tell you that from my point of view, the only thing I was thinking was, God, I hope they do really well. Like, Aww. I really want them to do well because that only helps me. Yeah. And so every time somebody came in and there were a ton of really good actors that came in and, and hit the marks, hit the lines. But it was those people that came in and did something completely out of left field, added their own lines, which I don't care about. Um, I wasn't precious about the, the sides that we gave them. In every case, it was someone that did that, that took a chance that that we, when they left the room, we looked at each other and we're like, that's the person. 
Wow, that is so, so interesting. interesting. Yeah, and I was wondering yeah. if that's something of the chicken or the egg. Do did they do that, and and that's what makes them a good actor, or do good actors just do that? Do that uh-huh. You know, and I, I I'm still I don't know, but if I was, that's what I would always be looking for now. I don't know the answer to the question you just asked, but I do. (laughs) (laughs) But what I do know is that it's really interesting to hear from somebody in your position that you responded to that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's a great thing, you know, because I think, you know, as actors and we're I think we're trying to bridge this gap. Mm -hmm. You know, we're sort of scared of the showrunners and we're scared of the writers and we're scared of the casting directors. So it's so good to hear from you guys like, no, we want you to be good. Yeah. We love when you take a chance and do something different and stand out. I mean, that's because mm-hmm. I think yeah. we all want to do that, but we don't right. know if we're like we're allowed to. Yeah, or, you know, well, I, like, oh. I was always one. I I felt my role was to put people at ease, and I don't. Mm. And again, this was the first thing I was in control of casting from the beginning to the end. So I don't think a lot of people that were in, involved with that. I I don't think they saw that as our role. We were, you know, we're mm-hmm. in the room and we see the people come in and out and that's kind of it. But I I saw that there was so much more value in trying to put these people at ease because mm. I also I felt I kind of feel sorry for them. I mean, it's not <laughs> Thank you. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not any, and they're not and people are kind easy. of abrupt and can mm-hmm. be kind of curt and a little bit mean. You know, and I I know it's because they want to maybe get a certain performance out of someone. But, you know, at the end of the day, there's this person up there that desperately wants to be heard. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I just think that you need to respect that a little bit more when you're in the position to when you're the audience. Yeah, that's you you know, what's really great to hear about, too. What you're saying is, I think for actors and I mean, for everyone who's a creative individual, like Mm -hmm. one of the reasons the reason why we're doing this is because we like to create and we mm-hmm. like that process of creating and it's so nice to hear that the actors really fit into that process of what you were seeing and how yeah. they can lend that to you which is really our jobs as right. actors you know yeah. that's what we're supposed to do but we don't always give ourselves the permission to do, to do that when you're in that you know, high stakes environment of an audition, yeah. especially mm-hmm. in front of you at the, at the point where they're at in front of you, it's, it gets kind of mm-hmm. scary and you do get locked into kind of this. Yeah. And I, I can imagine why it would be scary because you don't know that, oh, these people, uh, that person would respond to me doing that. I mean, I'm sure there are people out there that just want the read and they want it plain mm-hmm. and simple. I didn't care about that really at all. I mean, I assume that everybody was there because they're competent. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they knew the lines and could approximate the character in a really short span of time, you know, the time they're in the room, that I, I, I kind of just take that as a given. Yeah. So it was oh, well, people yeah. that came in and just did something, you know, almost like a couple of people were just way off the deep end. And, <laughs> You're looking at him going, oh, this guy's going to crash and burn hard. But when it worked, it really worked. Yeah. And that's that's who we went with. Yeah. So with the pilot, because mm-hmm. w- this is so interesting to hear, too, because because it's you're you're casting this sort of this first episode that's coming out. So it's mm-hmm. really like the beginning of putting all these 
energy the people together with the writing and everything so with it how important is that first initial casting and finding the right tone when you're putting that pilot together it's you know it's been huge because in our case um like i mentioned it's such a big cast so we have you know we have eight principles and they are essentially going to be living and working together so the chemistry there has to be insane Mm -hmm. and we didn't you know you you get a sense of how they're going to be what we did the table read and all that after everyone was cast but at that point you're kind of in it Mm -hmm. you know there's not a lot of turning back but um we just got really lucky where everyone got along amazingly well and and fed off each other and in fact sort of re they some of the actresses made me look at the characters in a brand new way because of the way they interacted with another character that I didn't think maybe, I maybe didn't think of exploring those two relationships, like the sister and the mother-in-law, you know, Mm -hmm. I hadn't really given that a lot of thought, but when I saw them do any interaction at all, it was clear that they their chemistry was off the charts. So it was, it was very helpful to watch them. And, And again, we were really lucky. That's so interesting. Well, yeah. lucky or smart, maybe. Yeah, or smart. Putting yeah, the right people like... together. <laughs> you know, what you're saying reminds me of, I don't know if it's true or not, but I I think it is. I always heard the story of with the graduate that what they mm-hmm. were looking for was like a tall, blonde, kind Robert of traditional Redford, right? Ivy League. Did they actually hire I, him? I, I think that was written for him. It was or written he, for him. It was, was written for like a blonde, gorgeous, yeah. whatever. And that Dustin Hoffman walked in and was just so you know, incredible as yeah. he is, of course, that they rewrote the whole thing because he was so, was there yeah. anybody like that that came in and like, I mean, I don't need any names, but yes. that like came in and surprised you to the point where you said, let's, let's change that character a little bit. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There so were cool. two in particular. I won't mention who, but yeah. um, there were two that, uh, cause they were so good. They were so good. And you knew like, okay, this, <sighs> so cool. this person has to be a bigger part of this story. And wow. And could easily be a bigger part of the story. and That's amazing. Know, so, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Love hearing that. I'd love to know when you were shooting, mm-hmm. if there were things, again, it's it's great for us to hear from the, especially the creators, which you, mm-hmm. are, you and Dina are, uh, perspective. Were there things that certain actors did that impressed you or that you thought, you know, wow, if I was an actor, like, mm-hmm. I, I would do that or I wish I'd you know, I would wish that I would know to do that or anything that yeah. stood out. First of all, I was impressed down the line at how professional they all were. So they all showed up and they, they none of them, there were no divas and none of them whined. Mm-hmm. They showed up and they knew what they were supposed to do and they were, you know, they were happy about it. Mm-hmm. So whenever we got on set and we were ready to shoot, half the battle was done. So mm-hmm. once they started acting, it was just, it, they were having fun and we were enjoying it. So, and we loved to give them uh, as much leeway as they wanted. You know, we would get, we would obviously get what was on the page, get a couple of t- takes of that. But then if people wanted to, you know, introduce some new lines or riff on something, that was fine with us. And and that was something I, I looked at uh with and especially with this uh, actor Kurt Fuller, do you know who he is? He's uh, an amazing comedic actor, and uh, he's one of our leads. And 
just to watch him. You could, you could give him a very simple direction of the tone you wanted, not necessarily telling him what words to say. And you could just watch him go yeah. and create things that were much funnier than I could have written. Well, I, I doubt so, that's yeah, true. But, and, and that's very, that's really generous. Of you. I know. Yeah. And I, I'd also like to just to as that. a quick say, Steve's been very generous through this whole podcast to speak of the actors so favorably because I've read the script <laughs> and it's a beautiful, <laughs> hilarious, like amazing script. So, you know, I'm sure all those actors also yeah. showed up in such a way because they felt, you know, we all want to work on things that are that are great. Yeah. And so they all probably felt very lucky to be part yeah, of this. Ho- hopefully. Yeah. But thank you. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. So the actors are cast mm-hmm. and then you have the table read. Mm-hmm. And then how many rehearsals do you have before people are getting on their feet and actually shooting it? Well, we had, it was weird. We had a table read even before the, they, so they bought the, the pitch we wrote the script. Give us a time, like they bought it in. Yeah, you know, when was it? Oh, I'm horrible with this, but let's say it was. I mean, is it? Eight, I think it year? was like October okay. of fifteen, and then we wrote it, uh, and then I guess around March of two thousand sixteen, they. So like six months. To yeah, write it. somewhere around there, they decided to to do a table read in Nashville for the people. The CMT headquarters is in Nashville, so everybody is sort of there. They do the development out of Los Angeles. but So we flew there and, and hired actresses and actors from L.A. and some locals, but we went and did a table read for all the people at the network in order to get the green light to shoot the pilot. Mm-hmm. So that was one, one instance. Um, once we then had a cast, we did another table read for... Uh, the network again with with the cast that we ended up with. And then the director, our director, Steve Pink, um, he sort of worked with the uh, with the actors separately or his teams to to, you know, to get a, a better feeling of what their process was and how they like to work. And, and then it was fairly quick to the to the shoot. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, That's... from from my sort of background that's more than you usually like a lot of times you're you don't meet everybody until the day of the first day of shooting you yeah. show up and there is there's really no rehearsal you just kind of yeah we took we 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 had a like a I remember we had a dinner well before once everybody was sort of cast we had a dinner to make sure everybody got to know each other yeah that's great and um and then we did the reading and so it was they did have a little time to get uh comfortable with each other which I think helped yeah 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 that always boggles my mind actually the how quick the turnaround is when it's like I mean just you know having a little bit of time to have chemistry with someone is always a nice yeah to to have a little bit of you know connection with them in a more human way makes more sense to oh my me, gosh yeah. you know instead yeah. of having to manufacture everything yeah. I mean it's yeah it's there but right to I, do something like that it makes it so much easier well, I would think yeah yeah but and I I think about the audition process like how we were bringing people in to do you know they would have to say for instance they were newlyweds and these are people that haven't met each other. And, you know, the, the age difference is significant as it was, you know, as per the scene. Um, but 
I mean, to talk about being overwhelmed to go into a room and have to do this with someone. I mean, yeah. it wasn't, you know, there was like a ki- a very quick kiss. Yeah. Um, but to do that with someone you don't know. Yeah. That I, I, I have a lot of respect for actors who can, I just have a lot of respect for actors because I think it's, I don't, I could not do it. That's nice to hear. Oh. Yeah, it is. It's very <laughs> nice to hear. This has been so great. I've learned so much. Me too. Um, we always love to close by asking, because our website is called Speak LA. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of all about living in LA, mm-hmm. being being an actor, an artist in LA. And so we always like to ask if you have any LA-isms, as we call it. Like okay. something that is uh, sort of unique to LA that you've right. noticed um, that you know you don't see or hear. Yeah. Well, let's see. One... One thing I guess, and it's probably unique to writing, is this: whenever you hear from your agent or anyone you've met with on a project, if you hear the words "they really li- they really liked the writing," <laughs> that means they didn't like the writing, <laughs> <laughs> because, because it's always followed by a but. So if they were, <laughs> so if they were actually like the writing, they would just get to the business at hand, but. <laughs> You know you're going to get a huge rejection when you hear they really like the writing. So. Oh, wow. That's, That's a good hilarious. one. Yeah. Okay, so that is the big thing we've learned today. So if they say they really liked the writing, it means they really didn't like right. the writing. They don't right. at all. Keep, keep going. You have no shot with them. That <laughs> oh and maybe God. the thing with public radio, I th- maybe this is more of a tip, but yeah. um, to people who are just moving out here, if anybody asks you if you listen to public radio, just say yes. <laughs> Even if you don't, because you're in for a big fight or a long, a long, boring story. So just say yes. I did do. not know that. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. That's yeah. I. Yeah. I am, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of shame. Yeah. Around. I think most yeah. people listen to public radio out of yeah. fear, sheer terror <laughs> that somebody's going to find out that. They don't listen to That's when I was first duty, my husband and he, I knew he was going to get in the car. I'd always turn the radio station like so that when he would turn the car on, it would be on that. So he'd be like, Oh, she's so smart. Right. She listens to NPR. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. That is so funny. So, wait, right. I have one last yes. thing to oh, say. Yeah. They didn't like the writing, but I will keep writing, right? Right. Like, I'll keep going no matter oh, what. Oh, you have, yeah, yeah, you have to Just keep going. going. Keep because going. and the same with actors. Yes, yes. yeah, absolutely. Keep going. keep going because it just. I mean, it's the cliche. All the that's another thing. All the cliches are sort of true, but it's you know, you it it just takes one one person to say yes. I love and that. It could be you know, it could be the next one. So, uh, and, and also nobody knows anything. So, right. have a short, have a really short memory. You right. Know, with with the with the criticism as well as the praise. So mm-hmm. you just kind of take it and then put it behind you. Great. That's, that's, that's great that's, advice. Let's leave it at that. That's yeah. good. That was good. <laughs> Steve, thank you so much. Oh, yes. Yeah, this is fun. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Speak LA, the podcast, and tune in next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.